You know, I had a feeling today would be trouble when I woke up to find the cat had been sick all over the lounge rug again. And it's dry clean only. I think it's now a write-off, to be honest. It's the third time this month, and the chap at the dry cleaners told me it was on its last legs the last time we were there. The rug, not the cat, though that may be debatable. You'd think my day would get better from there, though, wouldn't you? Well... Look sharp and think on. I haven't even begun to tell you about work, but that incident was very on point, stress-wise. I'm a senior careers advisor. There's a pandemic, and suddenly everybody wants job advice from me. Stressful? You have no idea. I really want to be an air hostess she said adamantly. I've always fancied being an air hostess. Can you tell me how I can be one? Is there a form I can fill in? <sighs> Those were the words of my first booking of the day. Pauline, 49, looking for a career change after six years as a van driver for Little. She was a rather large Brutish-looking woman was Pauline. Tattooed, bright pink hair. Died, obviously. Well, I hoped so, anyway, for her sake. Either that or she'd ODed on beetroot. I couldn't really picture her wheeling a trolley up and down an aisle and handing out heated face towels and duty-free Gucci to holidaymakers. Now, I don't mean to cast aspersions, and I've never been one to judge by appearances, but from looking at her, I could tell that Pauline didn't have a snowball's chance in hell of ever becoming an air hostess. And I'm not the type of person to raise anybody's hopes. If I feel they're wasting their time, then I'll tell them. I'm always frank, and I'm always honest. Anybody who knows me knows that. In fact, they call me Frank and Honest Fiona. That's how frank and honest I am. So, with this in mind, I tried to point out diplomatically to dear Pauline that basically she didn't have a friggin' prayer of ever becoming an air hostess. And I reminded her, rather pointedly, but without labouring, that air hostesses are often quite glamorous ladies. She said she was aware of this, which is why she felt that she would fit the bill perfectly. So, obviously, Pauline's idea of glamorous didn't quite match the rest of the universes. That said, I am a big believer in equality, so I tried to very delicately float the idea of a possible revision to her look. This seemed to surprise her. And she asked what exactly I meant by a revision. So I took a good look at her. And I said that although I didn't really feel that she could do very much about her tattoos, one being a rather prominent teardrop on her left cheek and the other being ten digits inked across both knuckles, which I later found out was her prisoner number from when she did time for Ram Raid in a cash machine. Long story, but oh dear, I mean, really. So I said that although the tattoos couldn't be magically disappeared, the hair 
could most certainly be attended to. She agreed and said that she realised that Pink was quite a bold statement and not to everybody's liking, and she added that she was actually planning on turning it down a bit anyway. A very sensible idea, Pauline, I said. And then she told me how she intended to dye it sky blue once the pink had rinsed out. I felt my eyes roll at this point. I think she noticed. But to be honest... I didn't really want to waste any more of my time on Pauline. She was clearly barking up the wrong tree career-wise. Plus, we were running well into the next slot. My ten o'clock lady was already sat waiting. And I was determined to fit a brew and a scone in before seeing her. So I gave Pauline my usual non-committal go-to line. And I suggested that she go and do some thorough research on her options. And with this, I gave her a pile of pamphlets. Quite a thick wad, actually, which she managed to grasp without any trouble as her hands were so enormous. They were more like the hands of a gorilla. Imagine those serving you an airline-sized packet of peanuts. It'd look like doll's house food. Pauline then started to get a bit tetchy as I tried to usher her out of me booth. She didn't seem to want to budge at all kept demanding to know about air hostess training schemes and whether a neckerchief was optional as part of the uniform. She said she wouldn't go anywhere until she had some answers. So, I'm afraid I lost it with her at this point. I could see my ten o'clock was sighing away and pointedly checking her watch and I really, really wanted that scone! Oh, the thought of tucking into it had been the only thing keeping me going all morning. So I just said, Sweetheart, listen, I don't need this right now. I was up at 5am trying to sponge semi-digested Sheba off a Persian rug. So please, just do me a favour. Take the pamphlets and do one. So then she storms out. After telling me where I can stick me pamphlets, sideways which I thought was very nice talk for a wannabe air hostess. But there you go. Like I said, not a friggin' prayer. You know, the pandemic has seen a very sharp rise in the number of folk we have coming in to see us. I've been a careers advisor for over 25 years and I've never known anything like it. All of a sudden, everybody wants to be doing something entirely different. Believe me. Pauline was not an isolated case. I had a nun in last week, said she didn't feel the abbot was quite doing it for her anymore. Asked if I could suggest an alternative. Well, what could I say to that? I was thinking, buy an anorak, but I wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of her line manager. So, of course, I advised her to do some thorough research on her options and I gave her some pamphlets to help her on her way. She seemed a bit disheartened by this, so I threw in a complimentary pen for her troubles. I wouldn't do this for everyone, but since she was a member of the church, I thought it might be quite nice, hoping she might put in a good word for me with him upstairs. And anyway, I'm sure I read somewhere once that nuns like pens. Pens? Knitting? What's the other thing? Oh, yeah, ukuleles. It's a simple life they lead. 
I think we could all learn a lot from them. Now, you won't be surprised to hear the girls in the office. Well, they're the same with all this wanting to shake their careers up nonsense. Take our new girl, Melanie. She only qualified as a careers advisor in 2019, and now all of a sudden she fancies herself as an aromatherapy masseuse. She asked for my thoughts on it in her last one-to-one. So I said to her, Melanie lovey, follow your heart. We only go around the once, and if you're not happy doing this, then, well, that needs to be rectified. I said, and you've no need to feel bad about the fact that we fully funded your training, your £3,000 training. I said, if you feel that rubbing stinky, greasy oils into the scabby backs of strangers is your calling, well, then that's what you should do. And we'll, of course, deduct your training fee from your remaining salary and take further instalments from you thereafter until we're fully reimbursed, as stipulated in the agreement you signed prior to your training. She's since shelled the masseur's idea. Bunny that. So, as you now know, these are very testing times for us in our little office. My diary is fully booked with appointments for the next three weeks. There just aren't enough hours in the day. My weeks are literally taken up with anxious, bewildered people who've been working from home or furloughed for the past year. And they come to me wanting me to somehow wiggle me wand and magically give them a career with job satisfaction. As if such a thing exists! <laughs> but I do what I can anyway. I'll listen to them. I'll let them get it all off their chest. And when they're finished, I tell them to go thoroughly research their options. And I bought them a pamphlet. Now that is what I call advising. Anyway, I must be pressing on. I'm actually midway through filling in an application form of my own. Oh, yeah. I fancied a change of direction, and there was a paid opportunity going at the Samaritans. I really think with my warmth and people skills, I should be right at home. And of course, I'll be great with the advice, as long as I'm fully trained. And of course, providing they have the pamphlets. Life's a Gas was written by Ben Ellis and performed by Sarah Starling. Like, share, subscribe and leave us a review. Why not? Thanks for listening.